1: Locked on Box. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here on a Friday. I'm recording a little bit earlier than I usually would here in Australia. I'm going away for a couple of days. I'm going to get to that uh, at the very end of the show because, uh, let's be honest, no one really needs to hear about my personal plans for the weekend over here in Australia. But we have got a fair bit to get through today. And for those that are joining us for the first time today, I always uh, mention this off the top. You can find me at Kane Pittman on Twitter, the show at Locked On Bucks on Twitter. So you can give both of those a follow if uh, you are on Twitter, that is. You can also always get us lockedonbucks at gmail.com. And you can find my words over at ESPN and also NBA.com. I will say I've got a little story coming on Tory Craig. I caught up with him earlier in the week. Uh, the honorary Australian on the team, I have been calling him. I told him that was his role. Uh, he laughed. He may have been a little bit nervous that. I'm going to be annoying him right throughout the season. But it's a fascinating chat, a fascinating guy, and he's had an incredible journey, an incredible story to the NBA. Let's just address the elephant in the room this morning. I woke up, and as is often the case, I missed the the daytime news cycle of the, the NBA being over here in Australia currently. And... There was no Bucks media availability today after practice, which was kind of interesting because I did sort of make the joke that we're never going to hear from Giannis again after his availability and how that went down yesterday. So no practice, no media availability. So I slept in a little bit longer than I usually would. And I woke up to the James Harden news. And and let's just address this right off the top. So uh, apparently... James Harden now has said that uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat have joined a bunch of teams including Boston, Philadelphia, and Brooklyn as teams that he would potentially uh, go to uh, in a trade, via a trade. We know at this point the situation in Houston is getting pretty untenable. Look, Frank and myself spoke about James Harden a month or so ago, maybe a couple of months ago when it looked like things were starting to fall apart in Houston. Obviously, Daryl Morey moved on to uh, Philadelphia. So listen, the situation in in Houston has been rocky for a while. Let's just be honest about this. If you were the Milwaukee Bucks and you could trade for James Harden and you could keep Drew Holiday and Giannis, you would do whatever it it took to do that. You know, and and I love Chris Melton. I love Dante DiVincenzo. I love Brook Lopez. I love all these guys. But if you got the chance to get an MVP caliber player in James Harden, you would do that in a heartbeat. And I don't necessarily have any concerns about chemistry or that kind of thing I think the chemistry concerns are exactly why this wouldn't happen from a Giannis perspective. But if it was to happen, would I be concerned that they would have not enough time to figure it out? Or would they struggle to come together as a group given the season is just about to start here? No, I just don't think that's the case. Your team would be good enough to win a whole bunch of games. You'd get to the postseason and you'd figure it out. But by far, the biggest challenge would any type of James Harden trade is the Bucs just don't have anything to trade. I mean, we've spoke about the draft haul that they gave up for Drew Holiday. All those first round picks, three first round picks and a couple of pick swaps are in there as well. Another future pick uh, next year's, I believe, uh, Cleveland is getting as well there as a, as a part of a deal that's uh, gone down in the past. I don't have that details up. But the reality is the Bucks don't have draft capital at all, really. A bunch of second round picks they've got in the future, but we saw in this year's draft, the the second round picks that they had, one came via trade and the other one uh, they were able to purchase. So the Bucks don't have draft capital. And, And if you're Houston, that's exactly what you're looking for here. And when you look at some of the other teams that are there and some of the teams that can provide draft picks, Brooklyn, Boston, Philadelphia, all these teams can just provide more. They can just bring more to the table. And I've been listening to... A fair bit of Zach Lowe, you know, his podcast the last couple of weeks. And I don't always listen to that podcast, even though it's fantastic. But the reason I've been listening is because Tim McMahon is the man who covers uh, sort of the Texas basketball triangle, I guess, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston. And he's been given a lot of background info into James Harden and the situation going down. And about a week ago, he labeled the price for James Harden as a rising upcoming superstar and a bunch of draft picks. So if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't think you can check any of those boxes. Unless Houston has some sort of obscene uh, value placed on Dante DiVincenzo's head, then again, I just don't see you going to be able to get this done. Now, if you're Milwaukee, again, if it took Chris Middleton to get James Harden, you're not even thinking about it. You're just doing it. And it's no disrespect. I've been one of the biggest uh, Chris Middleton fans going around I love the way he plays. I think he's a perfect fit next to Giannis. And to be honest, I think he's a perfect fit on a contending team because he's unselfish. He's never going to uh, demand the ball and and outplay and overplay his role. He just won't do that. Now, I've also said that can be a negative with Chris because sometimes you want him to take over and have that killer instinct. But he's been a perfect fit next to Giannis. He's really thrived under Mike Budenholzer. There's no doubt about that. But if Chris Middleton is the best thing you can offer up in a trade, which it, it is for the Bucks, then... I'm just not sure that's going to be able to get it done. I I really, really don't. I think if you're Houston, you're not looking for a 30-year-old who admittedly is coming off the best season of his career. But where's the ceiling for Chris Milton? And so as much as it would be fun, I mean, it would be fun to see James Harden and Giannis play on the same team together. It's not going to happen. And there is another point I want to touch on after a few minutes here. But first, I do want to talk about Built Go because Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you are doing. You can break through your wall with uh, Built Go every single day, whether that's the mental or physical wall. It's very easy to take. In 1.5-ounce packages, Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with just a third of the caffeine and better results. There's three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. The deal we have for you guys is pretty good. I shouldn't say it's pretty good, it's very good. Visit builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Coming up next week on Locked On Bucks, we're going to have games to talk about. The Bucks play the Dallas Mavericks Saturday night, 7 p.m. Central Time. We'll be able to wrap that up on Monday's show and then the preseason's in full swing. So the Bucks will continue to practice. We'll continue to hear from the players. And uh, whatever other trade rumors come up, we're going to get there. I'm trying to filter in these questions from you guys, which I am about to do right now. Because Jake Reitz, and this is following on from the conversation surrounding James Harden and the Bucks. I think this is an interesting link here and the timing of it is funny. So Jake Reed's a listener who often will send in mailbag questions. Um, He's very active, which you guys know by now I love. I mean, if you're sending in the questions, you're making my job easy. You're giving me things to talk, talk about. And I hope while the mailbag has been pushed back a little bit just because of the craziness of the last few weeks, I hope that I've been touching on some of the topics that you guys have brought up because uh, even if I haven't got the questions in front of me and I'm not shouting you guys out, when you send through the questions, I read them and it does trigger things in my mind. So hopefully I've been answering some of the questions, if not directly doing the mailbag episodes here that we hope to do. But Jake uh, sent me a DM yesterday, which you guys can always do. And he said, listen to the uh, JJ Reddick podcast. I, I think, it's, I think it's called Old Man and Three. But anyway, I don't typically listen to this podcast. But he said, I go to the 29-minute mark so there's a timestamp for you guys if you want to do the same. He had Chris Paul on this podcast, and they were talking about drop coverage. I thought it was an interesting conversation. But the funny thing is, that's not what I want to bring up here. The thing that, that really stood out to me from this podcast as I let it roll through from that point on was Chris Paul talking about, you know, he's had a change in diet. He's had a change in workout plan. And he's got his body in a a really good place. And he spoke about the trauma of, you know, always being concerned about getting injured in the past. And he's pushed beyond that now. And he spoke about his season in Oklahoma city. And the point that I thought was fascinating from a bucks perspective was Chris Paul saying that he thinks it's ridiculous when people tell him or when people try and suggest that you can only play a certain amount of minutes. Like, we're going to keep him to 32 minutes because we want him to be fresh. We're going to look after his body. And he really sort of kicked back on that. And he said, well, what happens when I need to play 48? My body has to be ready to play 48. I want to play 48. Who the hell's telling you that I can only play 32 minutes? Now, you can see where I'm going with this. This is one of the more fascinating things coming into this season is the rotation and, and what Bud is going to do. Now, I will say a shortened off season and a short and preseason does lend itself to taking it easy earlier in the regular season, but I'm curious to see how this plays out. But it did make me think about Chris Paul and the attitude and the fact that he played with James Harden. I don't know what James Harden's professionalism is like. Let's be honest, over the last two weeks, he hasn't exactly put up a good showing for himself. And I've spoken about it before. I, I compared James Harden and the last few years in in Houston to essentially Tinder. You know, he, he swiped right on Dwight Howard. It didn't work out. He swiped right on Chris Paul. It didn't work out. He swiped right on Russell Westbrook. It didn't work out. He's really been shuffling through the teammates. But the thing that's important to note is the most success he ever had in any season was when he was playing next to Chris Paul. And when I had Chris Paul with that attitude, this was the funny thing about the rumors with the Bucks and Chris Paul as well. I thought to myself... Chris Paul would be a guy that would come into this locker room and perhaps he would create some waves. This has been such a smooth locker room for the Bucs. There's never been any issues. They all love each other. And I wondered whether that was the kick in the ass that maybe the Bucs needed, a guy that was going to come in and say, this is what we're doing. And bud, you don't need to be playing Giannis 29 minutes a night. Play him more. Get him prepared. Someone with that kind of experience that wasn't afraid to speak up and and stand up. Because the one thing we know about Giannis, and he says it all the time, and he's a super competitor, in terms of pure individual competitiveness, there's not many guys that are like him. But at the same time, he's got so much faith and so much loyalty in his coach that we heard it through the playoffs. Even if he wants to come on the floor, he's not going to de- demonstratively t- tell Bud, play me. So I thought there would be an interesting dynamic if Chris Paul came to Milwaukee. But then the reports came out that Giannis potentially wouldn't, have, wouldn't be all that thrilled with teaming up with Chris Paul because... It might be a personality clash. And there were some concerns with Buck's ownership and front office about that. So as I sort of pointed to, Chris Paul is a guy that's going to try and get the best out of everyone, though. And remember, if Chris Paul didn't do do his hamstring, strain his hamstring, then perhaps the Rockets would be champions. And I'm just not sure how much credit I'm willing to give to that to James Harden. Fantastic player, historic offensive player. He would make Milwaukee better. The chemistry stuff is real, though. And I'm not sure whether Giannis would want to play with him. And again, as we've spoken about, everything that the Bucks are doing right now is dictated by Giannis. And, and given what we know or what we don't know about the future of Giannis, you can be frustrated about that if you like, but you still have to do that. So if you're Milwaukee, even if there was some sort of scenario where you could blow it up and send Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and whatever else you got, a bunch of seconds, Dante, whatever it would take for James Harden, um, you, you would have to keep in mind that if, you don't know whether Giannis is going to stay yet, but you have a feeling that he might. You're not trying to piss him off in this in this last year as well, if he doesn't sign that extension. So we'll see with the James Harden stuff. We'll see what comes out of this. I you know, I, I would put it at a one percent chance. It reminded me a little bit of a few years back when Anthony Davis randomly had Milwaukee on his list of teams that he would be interested in going to in free agency. Now, we all knew that that was a joke at the time. We knew that that wasn't actually the case because he was going to end up in LA and it was probably just avoiding some sort of tampering situation, which we know went on anyway with Clutch and and, and the Lakers. I mean, we know what went down. But this, to me, again, just felt like, ah, eh, look, I'm James Harden. I'll, I'll go to any contender. Let's get a bit of a bidding war going. And eventually, Brooklyn or Philadelphia are going to pony up exactly what we need in this situation and a deal will get done. So out of all those teams with Boston, you know, they could trade Jalen Brown, for instance, would be a centerpiece of that trade. Philadelphia, obviously with Ben Simmons, Brooklyn, a little bit different because I guess it depends on what the Rockets feel or think about, you know, Karis Levert, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and a bunch of draft picks, but maybe the Rockets will angle for Kyrie Irving as well. I mean, we don't know that. So, I just think, when again, when you look at the other teams that are in the mix here, the Bucs just are not going to be able to put together a competitive package, and that's going to be really the end of that. As far as Giannis goes, we'll touch on this before we hit the last segment where I want to talk about Dante DiVincenzo a little bit. You know, Giannis, I hinted to this yesterday. Just sort of sitting back and looking at the 24-hour reaction to his media availability, it's not a surprise to me, but he, he is going to be in for a bit of a rocky road if he doesn't sign an extension this offseason because, you know, Giannis has always been much loved and, and much loved not just in Milwaukee, but around the league. I know there's the odd people, which always happens when there's a superstar, people will start to turn on you, but his personality, the way he plays the game, his competitiveness, his drive to win is what makes Giannis so lovable. And he's never had any drama outside of headbutting the old player or getting a little bit fired up on the court. He's never had any drama. So now he's going to come into this situation this year, and if he doesn't sign the extension, which he is well within his rights to do, he doesn't have to sign it. And he also doesn't have to say anything. And I said yesterday, I understand why he might be a little bit frustrated about the questioning, but it's going to continue. And the speculation is going to mount, and the questions are going to continue to come no matter what he says. And that's why it's easy to say you're focused on basketball in December before the season starts. But how is that going to go as the season goes on? I'm not sure. But he hasn't never been cast in a bad light. And we're starting to see it with national TV stuff. Even with, in some circles with Bucks fans are starting to turn on him a little bit. I just want to watch this space and see how this plays out. Because I always thought, and I would have liked to have thought, that if Giannis ever left Milwaukee he would still be a a much loved figure. And I'm sure he will be in a lot of circles because you know the enjoyment that he's brought to the game of basketball as someone who's watched Milwaukee for the last two decades is unexplainable. I mean, it's just been an an absolute joy to watch the Milwaukee Bucks play because of this one man. And I would like to think that the fans would appreciate that if he moves on. But it depends how this goes down. And I've said, you know, Uh, extensively though. I still think he's signing an extension. So we'll see. But we're just starting to already see the the potential for this to get messy and for this to get ugly. And it's just interesting to know because this isn't a situation that Giannis has found himself in before. He's always been the hero. He's always been the much-loved figure. So time will tell how this plays out. The last point I want to make, a lot of reaction yesterday, well, what does Giannis have to discuss? What does he actually have to discuss about the, the contractor? What is his agents discussing? I, th- I just think it's deflection tactics. Giannis doesn't want to talk about it. So that's the easy answer. Oh, my agent and the Bucks are figuring it out. I was shocked people believe that, to be honest. <laughs> and I'm not saying that they're not having conversations. But this is Yanis's decision. His agent can do all the negotiating. The Bucks will do whatever he wants to do. Let's be honest. It's up to Giannis now. Do you want to stay in Milwaukee? Do you want to play in Milwaukee long-term or do you not? That's the decision. That's the decision that has to be made. And it can be based around a bunch of different things. Maybe you don't trust the front office. Maybe you don't trust the, the ownership. Maybe you don't believe the Milwaukee is going to be a place that you can win. That's totally fine. But the simplified decision is, do you want to play in Milwaukee long-term or not? It's not his agent making that decision for him. It's Giannis. That's the decision he has to make. So I just thought that was worth pointing out here uh, as we continue to see the media uh, aftermath, I guess, of what we heard yesterday from Giannis. The wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including us here at Locked On Bucks. Plus, waiver Wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. I wanted to wrap this up on, let's say, a bit more of a positive note today. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Dante DiVincenzo. So at the end of yesterday's uh, media availability, uh, I, I got a chance to ask about Dante but sort of hinted to the difficult decisions that are going to be made around the starting lineup and he said we've got so many guys that can slot in there so I thought I'd check in on Dante because uh, we know he finished the regular season uh, really really strongly prior to the shutdown that is and never quite found the same rhythm in the bubble now uh, he said himself no excuses I'm not I'm not I'm not going to give myself a a chop out or any type of bailout for the way I played. It wasn't good enough. When you're trying to contend, I've got to be better. No surprise to anyone. This guy's a pro. He's been a winner throughout his career. and, And that would have really graded on him that he wasn't able to play to the level that he would have liked to. But given that was the case, I mentioned to Bud and I said, listen, you want everyone on this team to get better. And you've got a couple of young rookies and, you know, a Bobby Portis. Like there's some development there. But Dante is clearly the guy that looks like he could have the most growth, whether he's going to become a, you know, a rotation player like now, a good rotation player, or a genuine starter pushing up to you know, fringe all-star. Now, at this point, I think fringe all-star is, is probably a, getting too ahead of yourself, but we will see. But this is Bud's answer. I just want to play this for you because I did find it interesting. Yeah, I, I do you know, put him in that group.
0: I think his growth, his development is, is really important to us. Um, and we feel like he's built, uh, you know, his work ethic, his character, uh, his willingness to take coaching, his IQ, all those things are, you know, those types of players always grow and improve and get better. He's He did a pretty amazing job um, during the offseason uh, within the, you know, whenever the protocols came in, whatever was allowed before, he's going to push that envelope of, you know, being in the gym and spending time with coaches. Uh, I think he's been phenomenal. Um, and we think it is important, his growth and how he improves. And, you know, as far as, you know, offensively, you kind of referenced how he finished, you know, the, the, the very end of the season. And you know, I think, um, really the ability to make plays on the back side of things, the ability to make a read and a quick decision, um, whether it be Chris or Drew or Giannis that, you know, draw, you know, significant attention and or double teams and the ball moves and, and you know, somebody's in a closeout, you've got to be able to make a shot. You gotta be able to make a quick decision and drive it, and finish, or then make another pass with somebody that's open spaced. And I just think that's a strength of his that kind of evolved or was, was really on display, um, you know, late in in the playoffs and and then I think we'd like to see him grow as you know, somebody that you know, maybe isn't in the initial action but that can get to a second look and, and get to a second pick and roll and be a ball handler, a decision maker, and handoffs and different things like that. Uh, he's, got, he's, just, he's a pretty amazing cutter. He's got a burst and he got a guard. and um, you know, So I think there's a lot there to work with. And uh, but then you know you know if and when you're playing with that starting group, there's a lot of guys that have the ball and that are very good with it, and that's the beauty of him. I think you know early and, and as we you know early in his career and as we saw late in the playoffs, his ability to play on the backside of double teams, and the backside of actions, um, whether there's a pick and roll or just reading the closeout, we feel like he could be really good.
1: So, to the surprise of no one, there. Bud, we know, (laughs) big Dante DiVincenzo guy, big fan of Dante. But I I think it's fascinating some of the things he said. I I went on to ask him about the starting lineup a little bit because one of the things that Bud said there was, well, there's a lot of other guys that can do a lot of things in the starting lineup already. And this is, for me, this is going back to the old Wesley Matthews theory that uh, we sort of broached at the start of last season with this Milwaukee team, I do wonder with that fourth starter whether you are better off having a guy whose skill set is, you know, potentially a little bit more specialized. Now, I thought that Dante Dante would start. There's no doubt about that. There was some support, I guess, for Bryn Forbes just purely because of his catch and shoot ability. He's a guy that you know would probably thrive if you get him five or six catch and shoot three point attempts that are likely going to be wide open on a nightly basis, but. You know, Dante has been a guy that has flirted as a ball handler, but to this point we haven't seen too much success with him as really the nominal point guard. And I think that that's the challenge with him. If you're going to put him in second unit lineups, maybe he could play alongside a DJ Augustine and then they can they can sort of share that duty or 75-25 as your initial lead ball handler because DJ, we know, can do that. But Dante does have this ability where... The Bucs have really struggled for spark plugs off the bench scoring. This is something I've brought up before. Now, I think Bobby Portis is going to add to that in the big man department. Dante is still the guy I think you're going to look to outside of your core four with Chris, Giannis, Brooke, and Drew. Dante's the fifth guy. He's got to be the fifth scorer. You want to see him scoring in double digits with more regularity. The last four games, the last four games before the season shut down in March. Dante was averaging over 15 points per game. He was really looking good. His finishing at the rim, had slowly climbed throughout the whole season to the point where he was back above 60%. He was at around 62, 63% finishing in the restricted area. Now that was down from 78% as a rookie, but the volume was, I mean, it was about 10 times more the shots that he took. So you you take that into account. But anytime you're shooting and starting to approach the mid-60s shooting in a restricted area, you're in a really, really good spot. So to me, I just thought that the game slowed down for Dante a little bit. He looked more relaxed. He looked like a guy that, okay, I've been in the league now for a year, and it's something that we always overlooked with him, I think, was the fact that his rookie season was so injury-interrupted. And even though he was a second-year player, virtually uh, he sort of had the experience or the, the real game time of a rookie. Now the reason why uh, I think Dante is so important to this team is because, uh, as we've said, if you look for where the growth is going to come from, now, you know, obviously we expect a, a big upgrade with Drew Holiday, and I've I've read out some of the numbers on this show, and I've spoken about how much better he is going to make this team. Uh, not only do you somehow get better defensively with the defensive versatility, again. I referenced that video where Drew Holiday was guarding Giannis in the post. Just ridiculous strength from Drew Holiday. But you get better offensively. I mean, if, if you get anything in the postseason, you're going to be do, doing better than you were with Eric Bledsoe. But outside of that, it's kind of sketchy. You know, is Chris Melton going to be 50-40-90 guy again? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it would be hard for him to improve in that season. Giannis averaged 30 points a game last year. Brook Lopez is a question mark because... Who's the real brook? Is it the 29% three-point shooter from the regular season or is it the high 30s three-point shooter from the bubble? Now, the answer probably lies somewhere in the middle, but if you get the 29% three-point shooter again, it, it adds some challenges to what you're trying to do. So, so again, Dante is the one guy that averaged nine points per game last year over the course of the season. If he bumps that up to 12, 13, 14, but does become a guy where once every you know, six, seven, eight games, he might give you 20, particularly in a playoff game. Because think about that. Last year when we were watching this team in the postseason and we looked at their offensive struggles and I, I know Giannis went down, but it was like, well, you know, Brook Lopez is playing to a high level. Chris Middleton might go off and Giannis, but you only had three guys. There wasn't another guy that you could expect that would come in and be able to put up 20, 25. Now again, you add Drew, but if Dante becomes that guy in a playoff game, Again, uh, he's not the electric scorer. He's not the electric shooter that title hero is. But we saw the benefit you can get <clears throat> if you have... i losing my voice. I've done too much talking. But we've seen the benefit you have if you add a, a real spark plug, an X factor in the postseason. And if Dante can be that guy, along with the additions that you've made, he is the guy that I see that... I, I don't need him to be an all-star player this year. I don't need him to be consistently good every single night. You just need him to get to the level where in a playoff game, we've seen him have big nights before. We've seen the national championship game with Villanova. If you can get to that level where you can legitimately think and look at him as an X factor that can win you a playoff game with his performance, that's what's going to lift the Bucs to a championship level uh, this season. So Dante, one to watch. Uh, obviously, to, no, to the surprise of no one, we haven't got a hint from Bud whether he's going to start or not, but uh, something to watch with the lineups there. I know Bud was very, very impressed with DJ Augustine from what we heard from yesterday. Uh, I, I think I'm going to leave it there. I think we're going to wrap up the week right there. Uh, as you guys know, I usually try and avoid to go solo, but uh, listen, I, I've done enough solo pods now that I'm fine. I'm fine rambling on by myself. Hopefully, you guys still find them interesting shows. Now, I mentioned at the top, I'm going away for a couple of days. So ever since I left Milwaukee to come back to Australia in March when the season shut down, I basically have hardly left the house. I mean, you know, we've been stuck in our town here in Geelong. I live in Geelong, Australia. So I'm going away with um, some friends for a couple of days here. Uh, We're going camping. So I'm going to be off the grid a little bit. But I will say I'm taking my computer, I'm taking my stuff, and if anything happens over the weekend, I will podcast. If anything crazy goes down, you will hear from me. You'll still see me on Twitter, uh, all that sort of good stuff. But as far as, you know, practice in this first preseason game, I'm giving myself a break, guys. Uh, I've I've been running this podcast five days a week since I took over in October 2018, uh, 2019. So I'm just going to take a little three-day break over the weekend before uh, things start to get crazy with the season. So uh, like I said, if anything crazy happens, you'll hear from me, you'll hear from the podcast but other than that, I'm going to drink beer, I'm going to get some sun, I'm going to eat probably too much food, and I'm going to relax and come back refreshed and ready to go next week. And uh, like I said, on Monday, on Monday's podcast, we'll have a game to talk about, which is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. If you've just joined in on the podcast, the, the postgame pods are the, the most enjoyable thing about this show. We get to break it down, X's and O's, talks about things we like, things we didn't like. So I'm excited to see all these new guys play on Saturday night. I really hope you guys enjoyed the game. Uh, as always, hit us up at LockedOnBucks on Twitter. Myself, at Kane Pittman. Stay safe over there and stay warm. I was watching the Packers game the other day and it was bringing back bad memories of Milwaukee winters, which maybe I'll avoid this year or maybe I'll get back. We'll wait and see. But anyway, stay safe over there. Like I said, stay warm. Have a good weekend. Maybe you'll hear from me if things go down. But if not, I'll catch you guys on Monday.